Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Unscripted, presented by Be Unique Magazine, because an authentic life is unscripted. Be Unique is a 501c3 charity that works today to change tomorrow. Learn more at our website, beunique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Did you know that Be Unique is a free, non-profit publication? We work today to change tomorrow by bringing you truly amazing guests like the one we'll introduce tonight and by highlighting stories about people all over the world who will astound you. The free digital version is available 24-7 at BeUnique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Everybody, this is Mary Brotherton, your host for Be Unique Unscripted. I'm also the editor-in-chief at Be Unique Magazine, and I am flying solo today. I had a guest who was supposed to be with me, but for some reason is unable to do so. That happens from time to time, and sometimes they're not able to reach out to me early enough for me to know or reschedule. But that's quite all right, because I have something exciting I want to share with all of our listeners, and I hope that you will just bear with me while I share this uh, little tidbit with you. I live in the east of the United States. I live in Florida, southeast, central. Um, If you know where Orlando is, where Disney is, uh, Mickey Mouse, or if you know where Cocoa Beach is, you can kind of figure out I'm somewhere in the middle. But the most important thing I want to tell you about is a house that is in Melbourne, Florida, and it is called Green Gables. This house is fabulous. It's got amazing structure and the architecture is Queen Anne style. It was built in 1896. So this house has withstood hurricanes in three centuries the end of the 19th century, all of the 20th century, and, you know, nine months, uh, actually 11 months in the 21st century. The Green Gables house was built by um, a young, uh, he was young at the time, a young man, William Twining Wells, and his wife, Nora. And I have to share a letter that he wrote because it, it, this is about history. Um, this house is well over 120 years old. It is on the National Historic Register of Homes, but we are in danger of losing this home because uh, the hurricane season of 2004 nearly, dest- well, it didn't destroy the house, but it made parts of it inhabitable, and it needs to be refurbished. The family wants to sell it and move on. Um, the family, like many families, is dying away, and there are a few actual members, but this home has been 
home to subsequent generations of the Wells family for over a hundred years. So um, let me just read this letter from William T. Wells. <clears throat> How I stumbled into Melbourne. Two years ago, this last January, we were ordered to go south on account of my wife having recently recovered from a very severe attack of pneumonia. As we were entire strangers to Florida, we naturally consulted our friends and, as a consequence, were favored with an assortment of information. I then consulted a business connection, a customer of our company, who did business in the central part of the state. And through what we learned from him, we decided to look along the St. John's River and then go to Winter Park and from there go to the East Coast and as far south as Lake Worth. We took a Clyde Line steamer from New York City and after an enjoyable passage, arrived in Jacksonville early in the month of February. After looking around the gateway of Florida for a few days, we took up a steamer. We took a steamer up the beautiful St. John's to Palatka and there took the noted Hearts line of steamers for the Akalawa River excursion. <clears throat> I cannot find words to describe the weird beauty and surpassing novelty of this trip to Silver Springs and back. I doubt if there is anything seen in the world just like it. We enjoyed every minute of it, especially the trip up the river to the springs. Right here, let me advise everyone who takes this trip to go from Palatka up the river and not from the springs down if they cannot go both ways. The meals on the boat were extremely good, as are also the accommodations in general. After leaving Palatka, we journeyed to Winter Park, where we spent a very few pleasant days visiting Rollins College and admiring the handsome buildings and grounds. At the college, someone advised me to stop at Melbourne for the good fishing. After a rather tedious railway journey from Winter Park to Titusville, we were very glad indeed to take the steamer to Sebastian for the Indian River. I was greatly surprised at the comfort and substantial food provided for passengers on this boat. We journeyed on her to Jupiter and thence by rail to Lake Worth where we spent a short time. We were greatly disappointed in the absence of beauty in this much talked of sheet of water as we judge all lakes by the queen of American lakes. Lake George, New York State, where our summer home is. After leaving Lake Worth, we went to Jensen, then to Melbourne. The very first day of our stay here, we found congenial people. And as the week went by, we stayed on enjoying the good fishing, sailing, and other outdoor amusements. And last but not least, gaining health and strength daily from the fine, pure, dry air. My wife's weak lungs healed, and my neuralgia in the head was greatly benefited. In fact, I had not one attack of it while here, whereas in New York City, two severe attacks in a week were not uncommon. At the end of March, we had to leave, as we were booked for Ormond and St. Augustine, and I had to be in New York on May 1st. After we had again settled in our summer cottage on the shores of beautiful Horicon, we thought often of our winter's trip 
and carefully compared notes in regard to all the places we had visited, and we unhesitatingly decided that Melbourne was the most helpful for us, as well as having more natural advantages than any place we had seen in the South. That was underlined. More natural advantages than any place we had seen in the South. As a consequence of this decision, we have now become the owners of a large tract of land in the town and will shortly build ourselves a cottage as well as one for a relative and probably six or more others to rent to those who wish to spend a quiet winter in this life-giving climate and those who do not care for the rush and noise of a hotel that was also underlined, those who do not care for the rush and noise of a hotel. I must now close this rather long letter without mentioning, pardon me, I must not close this rather long letter without mentioning the very enjoyable society which is to be had here. It is a common remark among the visitors that they never before saw a small town where there were so many pleasant people and where everyone appeared to be happy. In fact, an unhappy face and a profane and discontented voice is an extremely rare thing here. Trusting that I have not trespassed too greatly on your valuable space, I am very respectfully, William T. Wells. This was a letter to the Melbourne Times. Letter to Ed E. D. Oslin, editor and proprietor, on Saturday, April 4, 1896. It was entered at the post office at Melbourne, Florida, as a second-class letter. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about this amazing, beautiful home. Be Unique magazine and Be Unique TV, um, as you know by now, probably, if you've visited our website, we are 100% run by volunteers. But that doesn't mean that we're amateurs. We are able to attract some of the most amazing professional people who write for us, photograph for us, do our design work, even though a lot of the work is done by two people, we're getting more people. And especially on our production crew, we have professional filmmakers from Florida who are they're sock-knocking type people. They will knock your socks off with some of the work that they produce. We have assistants who make sure that everything goes smoothly. We have schedulers. We have researchers. We have a, a volunteer position for just about anybody who wants to do anything. And we have mentors standing by to help them. Um, Green Gables is currently being run, uh, more or less, I guess you could say run by um, a small group. It's an LLC, Green Gables at Historic Riverview Village Incorporated. It's a nonprofit. Their mission is to acquire and preserve Green Gables, the family home of William T. Wells, a leader of early Melbourne, Florida. In doing so, our organization expects to provide an interesting and distinctive northern gateway to downtown Melbourne, 
encourage progressive development in the Riverview Village neighborhood south of Green Gables and provide a center for community engagement and education. I'm holding in my hand a booklet that says they have until December 31st, 2017 to raise approximately $800,000 to acquire Green Gables. They were able to persuade the owners to defer demolition to give them the opportunity to raise the money. Well, the new deadline is now April 15, 2020. They, the small group of ardent and, and advocate, zealous people who are trying to save this historic monument have raised more money and they're opening the place up every Saturday to um, have an open house and they're, they're open for tours. I was able to go for a tour this past Saturday and members of our film crew came and did some video of the tour in progress got some things set up. We will be creating um, in early December a documentary and we'll have all that information on our website, beunique.org and as Anna said earlier, that's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. So after the first week of December, look for information about the filming and maybe some background pictures. Also, you'll be able to find all of this on our social media, which is the same everywhere. It's at Be Unique Magazine. We'll be having some behind-the-scenes photos from all of these events. Green Gables and the beautiful setting that the home inhabits have the potential to be a unique asset to the community. From the architecturally significant Queen Anne style of this more than 100-year-old structure, listed on the National Register of Historic Places to the unparalleled view of the Indian River. The grounds afford the unique opportunity for neighbors to collectively enjoy the beautiful environment while also experiencing the captivating history of Southern Brevard County and the city of Melbourne, a history that owes much to the Wells family and the many contributions they made toward this community. Green Gables not only is a historic architectural monument, the, it gives you a, a glimpse into history as it has transpired over three centuries. Now, the home is not 300 years old. It's about 130 years old. But you have a, a picture of what life was like at the end of the 19th century. And we know residents who lived there the entire 100 years of the 20th, 20th century. And now here we are 19, almost 20 years into the 21st century. It would be a shame to lose the home, which has some amazing architectural features inside from the flooring to the fretwork up along the staircase and, and some of the, the features that no longer exist in homes such as one stairway for the family, one stairway for the hired servants, um, people who assisted the family, uh, the, the fact that there was an ice box in this home, not a refrigerator. They, it, it's just amazing how time has 
allowed this home to withstand so many hurricanes. But in addition to the physical structure of the house, the property it sits on is ensconced and embraced by amazing trees, palm trees, oak trees, just, it would be a crying, it, it would be a sin, not a shame, but it would be a, an assault to history and to Mother Nature to destroy that house or the trees that are there on the property. These majestic trees and this beautiful, beautiful home have withstood so many storms and so much of history and time has passed. I don't understand why anyone would want to destroy it. To take down those trees, that's harmful to the environment. It's harmful to our beauty. And the sad thing is the owner's who would be selling this property for a million dollars would be willing to let it go to the first person to come up with a million dollars. And so we're hoping that the Green Gables at Historic Riverview Village Incorporated is going to be the one with the money on time so that a gas station does not come up less than a mile away from the next convenience store or a high-rise to look out over the river where William and Nora Wells and their children used to swim and play and fish. The Green Gables website is savegreengables.org. If you want to send donations, you may send them to P.O. Box 1086, that's 1086 Melbourne, Florida, M-E-L-B-O-U-R-N-E, 32902. You can go check them out online. If you want to email, the address is info at greengables.com, which is unusual. I would think it might be greengables.org. So if it bounces, try the other, please. Um, it's just... It's heartbreaking for me to watch a piece of history go away. The, there's an early map in this little booklet of Melbourne. It was drawn by the Sanborn Map Company in 1920 for insurance purposes, just over a year after fire ravaged the commercial district along Front Street. The city was recovering with a new downtown along New Haven Avenue. There are red numbers that correspond with the scenes on the following pages. And we can make sure that if you're interested in this booklet, we can get you a copy. They are, they only printed a, a thousand copies and they're numbered. So it in itself is a historical document. But the little booklet talks about the Carlton Hotel, the Bluff Walk, the Tristing Steps. There are little picture postcards all throughout this book. Um, there was a fairy that did, oh, the fairy. I, I'm not a tour guide and I am not an expert on 
any of the Green Gables story. However, I was honored to sit on the porch and listen to an old storyteller who has lived through Melbourne history, or Brevard County history. And he was talking about how a ferry boat went from the top of the county down to the bottom of the county and the mailman was on there and he would blow a conch shell to tell people that the mail was coming. And if he came near, people would run out to their docks and get their mail. It's located on Harbor City Boulevard and it's just, it's an amazing piece of property. Like I said earlier, they have open house every Saturday from 10 to 2, I believe. And you can come, take a tour for free, and leave a, a donation if you'd like, but they don't require a fee. The, uh, the plan is to create a museum out of this home. And people are coming forward with things from their past that would be suitable for in the time frame. Um, there's a, the center fold of this magazine has a picture of the house in 19, 1897. The house as it was originally built one year after construction. There is no octagonal porch or turret on the house and it appears there's no trees. So the Wells family must have specifically planted those amazing oak trees. Then there are two photos from 19, 1890. It's hard for me to say 1898. They're looking towards the west with the river behind the photographer. Another photo dated 1899. It may be from 1901 due to the presence of the southwest first floor bay window. There's another photo marked 1899 that is looking to the northwest, but it is also probably from 1901, based on the presence of the turret, octagonal porch and second floor extension to the south. And of course, we have documentation and building permits and things of this nature to support when these things were built. In 1901, there are two photos of Green Gable in its definitive form, looking toward the northeast because it has the most, uh, it's just an iconic home with uh, an octagonal room and uh, the green gables pointing upward. It's just amazing. Looking west toward the house from the shore of the Indian River, the northeast portion of the house has been expanded outward to accommodate a new bathroom containing one of Melbourne's first bathtubs. Now, William Twining Wells was an innovator. This man had a lot of, he created a lot of first things. One of the things that he created was the Wells Rustless Iron Company. And they called it the Wells Processed Process. He was educated as a metallurgist in the Columbia University School of Mines West. No, okay, the, the Editing got me here. W.T. Wells held multiple U.S. patents, the most notable being the process to create his rustless iron. 
From his foundry in Little Ferry, New Jersey, the Wells Rustless Iron Company was an active manufacturer until fire destroyed the mill. In a commercial sense, rustless iron means iron which will not form the common red or sesquioxide when exposed to the action of moisture, which is from the Bauer Barf Rustless Iron Company pamphlet in 1893. Wells Rustless Iron Company had an ad, pure water only from rustless pipe oxide steel. It is stronger, better, and cheaper than any iron pipe. For particulars, address the Wells Rustless Iron Company, Little Ferry, New Jersey. Rustless iron is a form of wrought iron that has been chemically treated while in the furnace to develop a dark outer covering that prevents the development of rust used for both structural and decorative purposes until the wide adoption of Bessemer processed steel in the early part of the 20th century. Wells Rustless Iron Pipe was widely advertised as a fitting solution for drinking water, plumbing, due to its ability to resist rust after contact with both fresh and salt water. Mr. Wells' obituary even states it was used for decorative work on the facade of the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. That's a pretty powerful legacy, but their legacy doesn't stop there. H. Prescott, Nora, Gladys, and Stanford were photographed here enjoying an exotic view. Nora's maiden name is Stanford. Nora Stanford Wells. She lived from 1855 to 1933. And if you think the name Stanford is ringing a bell, you're probably right. Just listen as I read some more, please. Nora's father, Charles, along with his five brothers, moved to California during the 1848 to 1855 gold rush, where they cultivated a successful business as wholesale merchants under the name of Stanford Brothers. Eventually, they settled in Schenectady County, New York. He was a member of the New York State Assembly, as well as a state senator from his wife and Nora's mother was the former Jane E. Page. I think I left out some punctuation there. Charles Stanford lived from 1819 to 1885, which was the year that Nora was born. No, excuse me. She was born in 1855, exactly 100 years before me. The eighth governor of California, United States Senator, founder of Stanford University, and Nora's uncle, Leland Stanford, lived from 1824 to 1893. He was one of the big four championing a transcontinental railroad. He used his political influence to secure funding and land grants for the project. As governor, he played an important part keeping California in the Union during the Civil War. William Twining Wells was born in 1854 and passed away in 1930. There are photos of the entire Wells family enjoying an oceanside meal from Stanford to Gladys, Nora, H. Prescott, and more. There's a photo of a young Stanford enjoying some recreational boating. At the age of 52, Stanford became the prime resident of Green Gables in 1933 
after his mother's, mother's death. He married Mrs. Pearl Mitchell Lyman after the death of her first husband, Louis, also in 1933. Pearl's three young daughters, Lois, Gladys, and Catherine, joined the couple. Gladys would be the third primary resident of Green Gables starting in 1971 after Pearl's death in May and Stanford's in September. And the photos are very typical of the era. Here's a photo in 1896 of the Wells family seated on the porch of Green Gables. And we're all hoping that we can help Green Gables stay the house at Green Gables and not become just some convenience store that future generations don't even know about. By 1897, Melbourne's rapid growth north of Crane Creek necessitated the relocation of the original Georgia Pine structure of the second site of Holy Trinity Episcopal Church from its first home south of the waterway. Mr. Wells donated a triangular portion of land near the intersection of Fee Avenue and the Dixie Highway, and the structure was carted across the creek to its new home, residing there until a third move in 1963 to its present location on Straw Bridge. The first auditorium in Melbourne was provided for by the Wells family. They provided for the construction of the first auditorium in Melbourne with contemporary reports stating it had perfect acoustics. Mr. Wells was a proud member of the Chautauqua, an organization that satisfied the hunger in rural America for entertainment, culture, and education. Extremely popular in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, the Chautauqua provided musicians, lecturers, preachers, and specialists to inform and entertain communities. The program cover in this magazine is from 1900 and refers to Mr. Wells' summer home in Lake George, New York. Wells Park is a legacy of the family. In 1927, Mr. and Mrs. Wells dedicated a large holding of land along what is now Hibiscus Boulevard to the perpetual use of the public. This large tract of land became known as Wells Park, hosting the main branch of the Melbourne Public Library and Melbourne Auditorium. This is a fitting tribute to the family who provided the means for the town's first library, auditorium, and high school. The Wells family is a family full of philanthropists and givers. It is time for us, every one of us, who's listening to this, to give back, to help in some way, to make sure this legacy stays on. Because once it's lost, it's gone forever. We'll have photos, but right now we have the real thing. Brevard County has already lost the Cocoa Beach Casino, Brevard Hotel, the Glass Bank Building, in the Atlantic Casino, Hotel Carlton, Bellevue Hotel, Trade Winds Hotel, Oleander's Hotel, the Trysting Steps, which were built in the late 1880s. They were just 
destroyed in 2002 and covered over. The Brown House, Melbourne High School, Van Craw Theater, Elizabeth Eaton House, that was from 1892, even older than Green Gables, and it's gone. Miguel's, Patrick Air Force Base Technical Laboratory, was built in 1954, and in 2015, it ceased to exist. Except for the Hotel Carlton, the Elizabeth Eaton House, and the Bellevue Hotel, none of these structures are as old as Green Gables. But they're gone, and we will, we will never have them again. We'll never have the ability to walk on the trysting steps. Our children, our grandchildren, our grandchildren's grandchildren won't even know what they were or why they were so important. In the short time that this organization has been formed, Green Gables and Historic Riverview Village Incorporated have made progressive strides toward the goal of saving Green Gables for the future benefit of all citizens in Brevard County and visitors from elsewhere. They cleared the property of dense vegetation that had hidden the house for over 10 years. I myself drove by there and did not know there was a house inside the brush. They cleared and cleaned the interior of the house, which suffered from years of vacancy. They secured the property from further vagrants with the installation of security panels and window repairs. They stabilized the famous octagon porch. They rebuilt the crawl space opening screens. They have had the roof repaired to protect the building from Florida's frequent rains. And right now, you, any visitor who goes in there will see the damage from storms and rains. And so it's very commendable that they have that roof repaired. It's like as soon as they get a little money to purchase it, a problem happens and they have to repair something. Anyone who owns a house understands that all too clearly. They have been amazing networking. They've done amazing networking and have gotten in-kind donation of termite tinting for the house through Slugabug. Thank you, Slugabug. That was a, a wonderful thing to do. Uh, Slugabug still continues to treat the home as necessary. And... Marion Ambrose, the current president of Green Gables and Historic Riverview Village Incorporated, told me that it is rare for any kind of insect to be inside the house, and they've had no rodents, which is remarkable, because no one lives in the house. They just visit it whenever they can and um, do their open house tours. They have other things going on as well. They are currently and continually communicating the unique history of the structure and its urgent need for protection with regional media, including two front page stories in Florida today. They've had television coverage and radio interviews with the local NPR affiliate. Multiple fundraisers on the ground, which served to introduce Melbourne's Bridge, which is what they're calling Green Gables, to the past, Melbourne's Bridge to the past, to a wider audience. 
They're raising the funds to cover the property tax assessment for the past two years. A successful petition to add Green Gables to the National His Register of Historic Places. Notably, they reached an agreement with the current owners to not only rescind their demolition permit 24 hours prior to the scheduled destruction of this beautiful home, but also to allow Green Gables at Historic Riverview Village Incorporated more time to raise the funds for the purchase of the property, which will forever protect Melbourne's crown jewel. These people are selfless. They're all working other jobs, and they still take time to work with Green Gables. And when we found out about them at Be Unique, um, we knew right then that we needed to do more. We needed to help. So in a few weeks, we will have Marion Ambrose on our podcast to talk to you herself about this. I am just reading um, from some brochures and, and booklets that I have and giving you my feeling from when I was there at the house. The house is living. It's, it feels like it's crying out for protection. And um, I'd like to read another little bit. It may be a little repetitive, but it's important. This is about the house. Melbourne's crown jewel, Green Gables, was the retirement home of New York industrialist William T. Wells and his family. Mr. Wells was a Columbia University-educated metallurgist known primarily for his novel patent on the manufacturing of rustless iron. In 1894, the Wells family, consisting of wife Nora, sons Stanford and H. Prescott, and daughter Gladys, ventured south from New York to seek out a winter home and a pleasing climate for Nora's help. Arriving by steamer, the Wells toured the East Coast from Jacksonville to Lake Worth and as far west as Winter Park. After arriving in Melbourne, the family was pleased to find congenial residents excellent fishing and outdoor activities, and most notably, an improvement in Nora's health. Returning to New York, the thought of a home in the small town was too much to resist, and the family bought a large plot of land just north of the town, on the high bluff facing the river, with the construction of their home completed in 1896. William's death in 1930, followed by Nora's in 1933, passed the house down to their son Stanford, who occupied the home along with his wife, Pearl, and her children until his own death in 1971, with Pearl passing a few months later. The home has remained in the family to this day, but was rendered uninhabitable after extensive damage in the 2004 hurricane season. This area was hit pretty hard that year. The goal is preserving and restoring Green Gables to its former glory which will benefit our local community and tourists as well. It will maintain a connection with the accomplishments of the early founders of Melbourne, provide much needed green space near downtown Melbourne. That's why it's so important that we not let the trees be destroyed. We will also protect more of the Indian River Lagoon shoreline than any concrete convenience store and parking lot ever could. 
Protect Green Gables from becoming a memory like scores of irreplaceable historic structures. You can help make this year a year to celebrate. Help build Melbourne's bridge to the past. Help save Green Gables. You can make checks payable to Green Gables at Historic Riverview Village Incorporated. P.O. Box 1086, Melbourne, Florida, 32903. That's Florida. 32903. You can also make your donations online at greengables.org. That's green like the color, gables like part of the house, .org. G-R-E-E-N-G-A-B-L-E-S dot org. Anyone local who wants to volunteer is more than welcome. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to Green Gables through their website or if you want to contact Be Unique because this has become as much our story as it is the story of the house. We have just fallen in love with this property and the people who are working to protect it and preserve it. And we have no qualms and no judgment toward the family because things happen and it's time sometimes to move on. And maybe this is the perfect time to pass their family legacy down to caretakers and caregivers and an organization that will preserve it forever. One of the things that I really enjoyed uh, this weekend was lavender cookies, which were baked by Marion Ambrose, but they were baked from a recipe that had belonged to Nora Wells. These are things the Save Green Gables movement is all about. Preserving history, passing it down, making sure that children and their children and their children's children have the opportunity to see what life was like in a home that had no electricity. It had electricity through some innovation of William, uh, um, Mr. Wells, but the um, the house had plumbing and it had a bathtub, which was unusual for the late 19th century. Also, there was no air conditioning. And a tour of this house lets you understand how they could live in a house without air conditioning. How did they live in a house with only fireplaces? The docents and curator of the museum know these things. They've studied, they've researched. And the house was built in such a way that the natural breeze flowing from the river cooled it. And Mr. Wells had created a ventilation system that moved the air through the house in a way that was unheard of at the time. It is truly something that I think anyone who has the ability to, to visit should visit. And we're really looking forward to being able to help provide state-of-the-art photos of the renovations in progress, as well as 
in five years celebrating their anniversary with them. And I want you to think about helping. Help save Green Gables. You can do it. It doesn't take a lot from one person. It just takes a lot of people donating a little bit. And if you can't donate, then please share the link to this podcast. Share the link to greengables.org. Go visit them on Facebook. Visit their website. Send them a note of encouragement. Tell them that you believe in them. And together, we will save Green Gables. I thank you for listening. And I'm sorry our guest wasn't here today, but I really enjoyed sharing my version of the Green Gables story with you. And until next time, I am Mary Brotherton, your host on Be Unique Unscripted. Goodbye. Thank you for listening this evening. We're happy you chose to spend this time with us, and we hope you learned as much as we did. Be sure to come back the first and third Thursday of each month for more exciting guests. And if you'd like us to invite you or someone you know to speak right here, just go to BeUnique.org and contact us there. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org.